Hello, friends, and welcome to episode 728 of the Juicebox Podcast. Today I'll be speaking with Tony, who is not a listener of the podcast, but is a member of the private Facebook group for the podcast. And she is the mother of a young child with type 1 diabetes. While you're listening today, please remember that nothing you hear on the Juicebox podcast should be considered advice, medical or otherwise. Always consult a physician before making any changes to your healthcare plan or becoming bold with insulin. If you're a U.S. resident who has type 1 diabetes or is the caregiver of someone with type 1, please go to t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. Join the registry. Fill out the survey. Help people with type 1 diabetes. The whole thing takes fewer than 10 minutes. You can do it. t1dexchange.org forward slash juicebox. There is an unprecedented amount of time here uh, before the music ends. I don't know what to do. Uh, hey, uh, find the Diabetes Pro Tip episodes at diabetesprotip.com, juiceboxpodcast.com, or they begin at episode 210 in your podcast player. This show is sponsored today by the glucagon that my daughter carries, Gvoke Hypopen. Find out more at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juicebox. And today's episode is also sponsored by U.S. Med. Go to usmed.com forward slash juicebox or call 888-721-1514 to get your free, 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 (laughs) to get your free benefits check. U.S. Med is a distributor of diabetes supplies. It's where we get Arden's Dexcom and Omnipod supplies from. They're fantastic. Go find out more. usmed.com forward slash juice box. Free! You are clear and loud. Okay. And not noisy. Okay. Are you under 35 years old? Yes. I actually had this debate with my husband yesterday. I thought I was 36. And he uh, kindly informed me that I was 35. No kidding. By the way, I am recording now. There's a possibility that stays in because, (laughs) because Tony, that happens to me. I mean, it's probably happened to me three or four times in my life. I I spend an entire year believing I'm an age that I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. That happened. I feel like that's just part of aging. I was trying to explain it to my son and he was like, how do you not know how old you are, mommy? I was like, um, because of you. And the, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the horrible stress and strain you're putting on my body and mind. <laughs> Loving you is killing me. That's why. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh my gosh. So how far into the year did you make it thinking you were 36? Um, well, my birthday was in October. November, so December, I thought three, I turned, three turned 36 in October. Is yeah. It, is it possible that all last year you believed you were 35 when you were 34? Yeah. Mm-hmm, I think so. <laughs> Excellent. I guess it's better than the alternative and thinking the other way around, thinking I'm younger than I actually am. So I found it to be invigorating. It was like someone gave me a year. (laughs) I was like, oh my, you know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. You know, you know, when people argue about like the, uh, the daylight savings time, 
And then yep. and some people are like, the clock moves and I'm not right for like three months. I'm like, what the hell? Like, just, it's just an hour. You, you know what I mean? I know. Like, like I, I know. This, I, good. The sunshine does make a difference. I mean, I like waking up when the sun is out, but you know. Yeah, yeah, I hear you. I, but you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not the biggest adjustment yeah. in the world. Um, no, it's not. But but then when it happens again, you know, and all of a sudden it's light out till 8.30 at night and you're just like, oh, my God, the world's my oyster. Like, that's how I felt when I learned that I was actually a year younger than I thought I was. Like, I know I didn't actually receive a year of living, but it felt like it. And I took it. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah. Um, All these small wins, I'll take them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, you know what? Now we've been talking for three minutes. So why don't you just introduce yourself real quick so we can keep going? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how you uh, you have me on the podcast because I don't really listen to the podcast, but I'm involved on the Facebook page. So how might one introduce themselves on your podcast? I mean, I feel like you've almost done it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so... Um, are you the yeah, mother? Yeah, my of a name is of is Tony. Yeah, my name is Tony. I'm, I'm the mother of a five year old uh, type one who was diagnosed uh, when she was four in the middle of a pandemic. Cool. Yeah. So, oh, so you responded to the 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 beacon. I want to talk to somebody who uses this Facebook page but does not listen to the podcast. Is that correct? I did. Yeah, and I, I'll admit that. Yeah, I had listened to an episode or two here or there. And then, you know, what did I, I filled out the survey like in the summer, was it? Yeah. So people fill out like a small intake form. Like, so I can, I, I mean, if people have been listening for a very long time, you'll know that I used to have like guests would pop on and I'd be like, Hey, Tony, why are you here? Because I would not remember. Um, and it was, <laughs> and it was not written down anywhere. And when then we'd have these conversations. So then I added to the intake form, like some simple questions, which I have in front of me, right? Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. says, let's see, you know, what's your relationship to type one diabetes? And basically people say I have it or I'm the parent, usually a doctor, like that kind of stuff. It asks if you've been on another podcast related to diabetes in the last six months, you said no. And it says, what are some of the themes you hope to cover on your episode? And you said advocacy in the divorce. Wait, that's not you. That was yesterday. <laughs> No, nope, that's not me. <laughs> hold on a second. Hold on. Next day. Here we go. I'm sorry. I record this podcast every day. I just clicked on the wrong thing. You're a parent. You haven't been on the, is, what, what are the themes you hope to cover? You said, no idea. I'm scheduling this nine months into diagnosis and won't be recording for 16 months into diagnosis. Who knows what stage I'll be in then? That's yeah. I love that. And And I'll admit that like, I went and listened to a couple episodes, so I just didn't sound like a complete bonehead when I was talking to you. <laughs> That's fine. But I, I meant, so I, I guess to just kind of set up the conversation. Yeah. 2006, my daughter's diagnosed. She's two years old. Mm-hmm. 2007, I begin to write a blog about my experiences being a stay-at-home parent to a kid with type 1. Right. Seems kind of like, eh, whatever now. But back in 2007, blogs weren't a thing. And in fact, there was a, a, a stretch of time where I believed I had the only diabetes blog in the world. It was that kind of hard to find things on the internet still. Right, right. Turns out I might have been like the third or fourth person to write one. I've never looked into it that closely. Um, but it was very early on is the point. 
did it for years and years, had millions of clicks. People seemed to really enjoy the, sh the, the podcast. It helped all kinds of people. I would get notes, handful of notes a month. This pod, uh, I keep saying podcast, this blog is really, really yeah. helpful for me, blah, blah, blah. 2013 comes around. I write a book about being a stay-at-home dad. At some point, doing the media for that book puts me on the Katie Couric show. After, after the taping of the show, Katie Couric pulls me aside to tell me I'm very good at talking to people. This yeah. is a very short part of the. I'm, I'm shortening this way up for you. Um, a year or so later, I start recognizing that blogging is kind of dying. My numbers are dropping. I thought, oh, maybe it's me. I've run my course. I talked to a bunch of people that I know who also wrote online. They were all experiencing the same thing. I thought, ooh, people aren't reading anymore. Uh, they just want to see pictures of Leonardo DiCaprio in his bathing suit on a boat. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Everybody's, yeah. everybody's clicking and flicking now. Nobody's reading. Yeah, and you pivoted. I got really sad. I thought I was going to lose this thing that I, I felt was helping people. And then I mm -hmm. thought, well, Katie Kirk said I was good at talking to people. And I started a podcast. So then the podcast kind of builds slowly. This is actually, you're recording for the eighth season of it. And wow. for, for clarity, like when people are like, I have a podcast, it has 19 seasons. They have like 10 episodes in a season. I do four a week. Like, so I make yeah. a couple of hundred episodes a year. Um, and anyway, um, I'm making the podcast. The podcast starts to really, really grow. Like, no lie, this morning, it's 10 a.m., you and I are talking. The amount of downloads that the podcast has just today is five and a half times greater than the first month the podcast existed. Wow. And so it builds into this thing, and people come along to me and say, can you please start a private Facebook group for the podcast? People who listen to the podcast should have a place to go speak. And mm -hmm. I, I swear to you, Tony, I know I'm doing a lot of talking in the beginning, but we'll get to you. Um, I swear to you in the beginning, I was like, oh, I do not want this. I don't want to be involved. I don't want to be responsible. Facebook, you, like I had right. all those feelings. And I'm like, all right, well, if they want it, like, so then I set up these simple rules that basically, I think one of the rules for the Facebook page is still, um, basically says like, listen, I don't want to be doing this. If you, if this becomes a pain in my ass, I'll just delete the whole thing. Like it really, it's like, it was that. Yeah. And, yeah. I've seen that too. Yeah. Yeah. And cause I meant it. <laughs> and, um, and now as you and I are talking, I believe that Facebook page has probably 20,000 members in it mm -hmm. and it became its own thing, sort of separate of the podcast. And, mm -hmm. and yeah. it wasn't right away that I didn't notice it right away. I should say. But one day I started realizing that there were people who kind of like existed in this ecosphere on Facebook that not only don't listen to the podcast, some of them were unaware that it existed. Oh, wow. And that freaked me out. And that made me reach yeah. out. So that's why you're here. Awesome. So tell me how you found it. Um, when Evelyn was, my daughter's name is Evelyn. When Evelyn was diagnosed, um, you know, it's kind of figure out her endocrinologist recommended that we find groups um, and, and recommended Facebook forums and recommended your podcast as well. Um, so we kind of got all of these resources at once. And I think the reason that she just laid out all these digital resources was because we were in the middle of the pandemic. 
So she runs a lot of GDRF uh, local events and community things, but she said, everything was shut down. It's been shut down. It's going to continue to be shut down. I can't help you with what I provide for the community. So let me give you all of those resources that are out there. And I found it very interesting that she didn't recommend any books. Um, There's plenty of books uh, that I have on my nightstand that I'm trying to work through, but Mm -hmm. I'm tired. So (laughs) I start reading and I fall asleep um, or stress out from blood sugars. But I thought it was really interesting that she went straight to like Facebook and all the digital things, um, particularly since I'm not very active on Facebook um, and I don't, that's pretty much what I use it for exclusively. Um, If I sign on to Facebook is to check or search um, some of the diabetes pages. Uh, It's exclusively what I use Facebook for too. So I, (laughs) I usually, I usually joke like I'm 50 and a boy. I don't really like want to be on Facebook. You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, in that sense, having said that, the interactions that I have with these people, I find my Facebook page to be the most unFacebook like Facebook experience that I've ever seen. It, how, how so? Well, because, um, wow. Okay, so a, a number of different reasons. So specific to diabetes, people love to argue. You know, like, I mean, it's not even just about diabetes. It's everything. Like, everybody wants to be on a team, right? It could be politics. It could be the way you eat. It could be, um, you know, is breastfeeding good or not? Somebody used the example the other day. Um, I said, I I think I made a post and I said, you know, I'm hoping one day to see a post where uh, somebody finds a way to mix the topics of COVID vaccines and low carb eating in the same argument. Um, You know, like joking around that um, these are the things that I see people kind of like brusque about, or they have very strong opinions or whatever. Um, But usually on Facebook, it blows up into this just blood sport, right? Where people are just saying the worst things to each other. Right, and, and right. That, Without that, getting too political, like that's what they're aiming for, right? It's the goal, right? Like you're, right. you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're, the way I see it is, um, there are people who are upset and wanting to foist their opinions, and there are people who think their opinions are beyond reproach and are just dying to be picked. Uh, not picked on. I think they want somebody to come at them so they can go, oh, woe is me. This wrong person is saying they're wrong things to write me and I've been wounded. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I think right, everybody's right, right. got like weird, like psychological desires in this. Like they want mm-hmm. to, they want to fight in one way or another. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think it's fairly common. And um, I, I'm not saying that it's not even just a, a human attribute. It's, it's nothing uncommon for sure. But when it, if it should start up in other places, it, it turns into full on like nuclear war. You know what I mean? But in my Facebook page, it doesn't. Like even if, even when those things kind of get stirred, like some mm-hmm. like level headed person will come along and say something. You, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, and, and they seem to work it out on their own. Yeah, and, yeah. Hold uh, on one no, second. No, my daughter get? is, is no. knocking. And this is one of the reasons why I cannot listen to the podcast let her often. In, let her Evelyn. In. Evelyn, come on in, sweetie. Yeah. Hey, I'm on a I'm on a phone call. What do you need? It was well, I need to know if you got dressed so I go get. I am dressed. You can go get dressed. How old, how old is she? She's five now. She doesn't um, dress and she's unless on, you're dressed. 
I'm dressed so she can notice. We're on week six of being quarantined from school. Oh my gosh. So I am at home for week six taking care of her while dad is at work. Oh, have you pulled hair out of certain spots in your head yet? Or are you okay? <laughs> um, not hair pulling, lots of tears. Yeah, six weeks, a long time. It's a really long time. Um, and my son was my son who's eight did first grade completely virtual uh, the year before. So to yeah. say that it's been a, a tough pandemic is an, an understatement. Are you in Canada? No, no, I'm in Baltimore, Maryland. Oh, okay. No kidding. Um, I know that Arden is doing right this second, what I call bed school, um, where, where you sit in bed with your laptop in front of you and see if yeah. you can, and see if you can sleep without anybody noticing. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, that's an art form. <laughs> um, we'll get back to that, but, uh, yeah, so I think the, um, I think the space probably because it in- initially started with so many listeners of the show, they all mm-hmm. had very similar ideas. And I think that's the seed that it grew from. So even mm-hmm. now that it's larger and it can sometimes fall into, you know, more Facebook-like scenarios, they don't last mm-hmm. very long. And I'm also, I don't know how to put it, I- I'm not up for that crap. So Yeah, it, I appreciate when yeah, you interject yeah. and are just like, no, you're wrong, be quiet or be gone. Um <laughs> And, right. and I, yeah, I really appreciate that. And that, and that's why, you know, whenever I'm, I'm going to search something, um, I'll go to your Facebook page first before I go to the, any, any of the other ones, because I know that at least to some degree, it's going to like, that is going to be cut out or going to be nipped in the bud. And so, you know, I, I find that that's really helpful as well to when I'm kind of looking for, um, support or information um, you know, for whatever struggle we're going through at the moment. Yeah, no, I appreciate that. I think it's just probably, I, I don't have, I'm not concerned that everybody, uh, what do I want to say? I don't care if everybody likes me. Like, yeah, so, yeah, I mean, yeah. No, I totally get the sense of that. Right. That and you I, don't, you don't mind. Yeah. Um, that's a nice but I think say. also like being a seasoned, um, type one dad, like you kind of get the separation from quote unquote normal people from like, okay. Okay. Hold on. Evelyn's back. What did, in here. What did she pick? Hey, Evelyn, what are we wearing? Um, we're wearing a tie dye long sleeve shirt. That's three sizes too big because it's a handy, hand me down from the 12 year old neighbor across the street. Perfect. And we are wearing um, turquoise Nike shorts. Uh-huh. That has like, workout built-in underwear so we don't actually have to wear underwear which is something that we you know Seems don't like doing wearing underwear <laughs> um and it is currently what temperature outside oh, 23 degrees outside yeah it's so we cold here too yeah so we're in like some workout shorts um and a long sleeve shirt i just had a picture it's of- not a long sleeve shirt. it is look their sleeves they're long no this is a sweatshirt oh okay it's a sweatshirt <laughs> okay, because she paired a short sleeve shirt underneath her long sleeve shirt that now makes it a sweatshirt. I understand. Mm-hmm. So these are mm-hmm. all reasonable concepts. You have yeah. any other kids? I do. I have an eight year old um, son. So okay. I've got Evelyn, who's five, and then my eight year old son. Hey, sweetie, can you go downstairs and go um, tablet a little bit more? I don't. My iPad ran out of batteries again. Can you plug it in? The plug is right there. Can you go watch a show with Owen in the basement then? Mm-hmm. 
this is this is what it's like to be quarantined at home <laughs> with children that are very young. Um, and then the diabetes is like an additional child to monitor and pay attention yeah, to, no right? Kidding. Um, well, so I appreciate you saying what you said because to me, it, it just it's all just common sense to me, right? Like, yeah, you know, we're not we're not here to argue with each other. Everybody has experiences and perspectives. They can lend them to each other. We're not here to tell people that they do, they're doing something wrong, that they're using too much insulin, that they eat the wrong way, that if they were just to eat low carb, then they wouldn't die because you're going to die if you don't eat low carbs. Like, you know what I mean? Like, or, right, or right. The, the alternate response to that, which is I'll eat whatever I want. And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I like the sentiment. Don't get me wrong. I think you can learn how to bolus pretty much anything. And I think that having that skill is incredibly valuable when you go back into your life and eat the way you eat. But exactly. Also, like we're trying to set up really healthy relationships with food. Yes. And figuring out how to use the tools to make that happen. So we're not establishing eating disorders or, um, you know, feeling emotionally left out or disconnected from people who aren't or your peers who aren't diabetic. Yeah. No. And what I think, what I think probably happens, generally speaking, it's not for everybody. But I think that there are people who, who have who have either had diabetes for a long time and have found a really great way to manage it with a very low carb diet, and yeah. and they were unable to figure it out otherwise, which makes sense, uh, right. especially with without technology in the past. Mm-hmm. And then they see other people coming in, and those people are like, "I'm trying to figure out how to bolus for Lucky Charms," and I think it makes the lower carb people feel like, Oh my God, you're going to kill yourself. Like, let me save you. I know the way you, you know what I mean? And, yeah, and yeah. everybody gets very passionate about saving each other. Um, and then they just somehow, you know, it turns into conflict because, you know, everyone sees a different sort of aspect of the argument and they start trying to pick it apart. And it, that doesn't work on Facebook. You can't have nuanced arguments on Facebook. Like it, it just, no, it doesn't work. And, and you're not going to change someone else's opinion on Facebook either, especially if that person is a stranger. Well, Tony, you're not going to change anyone else's opinion ever at all <laughs> in any scenario. You, you know what I mean? Maybe, like, you know, maybe we can, we can disagree on that. Right, but yes. right. But it might. Take, I'm not going to try to change your opinion on that, but uh, we can move on. But it may take some time. <laughs> you know what I mean? And some more yeah, nuance. Yeah. And and hearing each other's voices is a huge deal. Like if I if I typed out what I just said. I'd get mm-hmm. eviscerated online, but hearing yeah, it, yeah, hearing yeah. it, you're like, oh, okay, I see what he's saying. Right. You know, like, and and that's a big part of it. So when that starts happening, I step in and I'm like, be nice. That's mm-hmm. it. If you don't want to mm-hmm. be nice, just leave. I don't even kick people out. I'm like, just go if you can't be nice. You, you, you know, um, help these people and listen to their perspective about lower carb because I'm gonna tell you something fewer carbs means less insulin, less insulin means more stability and it's easier. It's not to say it's undoable the other way. It's just to say that their perspective is not without merit and either is yours. Um, So Mm -hmm. I don't know. I've just, my whole life, I've been able to kind of see multiple sides of arguments and I don't get caught up in what I think is right or wrong. I think that Mm -hmm. might be because I don't even know what I think is right or wrong. I just... (laughs) comments just whatever works is right in my opinion yeah yeah exactly gvoke hypopen has no visible needle and is a premixed auto injector of glucagon for treatment of very low blood sugar in adults and kids with diabetes ages two and above 
Find out more. Go to gvoglucagon.com forward slash juice box. Gvoke shouldn't be used in patients with insulinoma or pheochromocytoma. Visit gvoglucagon.com slash risk. Now, how about we talk a little bit about U.S. Med? Let's start here. You get diabetes supplies. And if uh, your experience is anything like mine used to be, it's not a lot of fun. So let's try U.S. Med, shall we? USmed.com forward slash juice box or 888-721-1514. You call that number or go to that link to get your free benefits check. After someone lets you know, hey, yeah, we take your insurance. This is what you do next. You rejoice because you're using U.S. Med now, the number one distributor for Freestyle Libre Systems nationwide, the number one specialty distributor for Omnipod Dash, number one fastest growing tandem distributor nationwide. They're the number one. They're the number one rated distributor in Dexcom customer satisfaction surveys. You know what I don't tell you very often? Number one in Google and Facebook customer ratings among large national diabetes DMEs. Oh, that's right. And they've served over 1 million people with diabetes since 1996. What you're going to get from U.S. Med is better care and better service. Along with that, how about 90 days worth of supplies every time you get an order? And the fast and free shipping happens every time, too. U.S. Med carries everything from insulin pumps and diabetes testing supplies to the latest CGMs, like Freestyle Libre 2 and the Dexcom G6. I also happen to know you can get the Omnipod 5 from U.S. Med, because that's where we got it. U.S. Med accepts Medicare nationwide and over 800 private insurers. So what are you waiting for? Call 888-721-1514. Or if you're scared of your phone, usmed.com forward slash juice box. What am I kidding? Most of you probably don't even have phones, right? So there's no home phones anymore, is there? I have one, but I'm old. I prefer to talk on it too. That's how you know I'm old. All right, check out US Med, check out Givoke Hypopen, and all the sponsors in the show notes of your podcast player or at juiceboxpodcast.com. So anyway, so this space became like, I, I would venture, look, I guess it's weird of me to say because I don't look at other diabetes spaces online. If, if there are other diabetes podcasts, I don't listen to them. I'm mm -hmm. busy making content. Um, and supporting content. I don't have time to read what other people think. Um, yeah, but yeah. I think this at this recording, it's got to be the most popular, busy, uh, well-tended to Facebook page about diabetes I've ever seen. So. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. And, and I, I think, you know, part of it is, is um, you know, some of the pinned content is really good. The rules that you outline are really good as well. Um, you know, oftentimes when I'm on the other pages, what makes me not want to go to them or, um, you know, the continual, does anybody have recommendations for some good zero carb snacks? My kid was just diagnosed and they're starving. I see that one every day. Someone posts that every day, um, which I was there. I get it. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, and then I'll see the other side of it of like, my kid is in a diabetic coma. And as someone who has a five-year-old who a four-year-old who was recently diagnosed, you're like, I don't want to, I don't, I'm not ready to read that. Um, I'm ready to bury my head in the sand on diabetes complications and what the horrible outcomes could look like. And not that I'm not compassionate to their situation, but I'm just not ready to digest any of that. So yeah. I try and avoid, um, you know, 
similar questions over and over again. And and then like the grim, uh, dark stuff that can happen. You know what I think happens on, on other Facebook groups and other hmm. content providers is that <clears throat> I shouldn't give my secret away here, but um, <laughs> they're unwilling or unable to provide deeper thoughts mm-hmm. and or and they or they don't want to. Maybe they know how your A1C could be five and a half, but they're not willing to say it out loud. Or mm-hmm. maybe they don't, and they're trying to hide the fact that they don't really know what they're doing either, but they want to have this space or this thing, and they're trying to get you in as a user or a member or whatever. Right. But they don't, I think that, they don't want to go deep. I think what I was talking about with my husband last night, and specifically in regards to talking with you today, Scott, um, is that so many people are afraid to say specifics of like, I ate this meal and I bolused this way, and this is my carb ratio. Um, you know, I'm thinking of the athlete, Mandy Marquette, who's, um, a cyclist and I spoke to her, we share a sports agent. And when I spoke to her about her experience, um, she was like, I cannot legally show you my graph. I cannot show you what my line looks like. Uh, I can't tell you how I bolus. I cannot tell you what my prescriptions are. I'm not allowed to do that. Uh, Her sponsors will drop her. Um, and I think so many people that are in the the diabetes space, they're afraid they're going to get in trouble. And I think you're the one that's the most bold to say like, no, I crush and catch. That's what I do. And I will bolus for adrenaline before Arden, um, you know, has a competition in case she gets nervous. Um, And if she doesn't, then I'll give her a juice box. Like these, these are the few episodes I've listened to. Yeah. Um, And that's what I really like about the Facebook page because it is an open source forum, right? Where no one's, being held legally liable to share the information on how they do things. Um, and, and that's why I go there and appreciate it. And, and it's beautiful to see when you're like, okay, here's some pizza at a birthday party. I don't know how many carbs it is. And I don't know how to bolus for it. You read the comments and it is, you know, 50 different ways of bolusing for that pizza that works for many different people. So it really is like a really nice, very specific open space forum to kind of see what other people are doing specifically. And that's what I really like about it. Uh, It it also, it, as it's helping people come along, some of the people stay behind to help the next group. So Mm -hmm. one of the things that you, you know, users won't notice that I see um, mm-hmm. I used to put it like this, like um, everybody, I only know people by their avatar pictures and the avatar pictures that I see change about every six months. The people, oh. the people who are there don't recognize it, but mm-hmm. I always like, I'm like, oh, this person's so helpful right now. It'll be a shame when they're gone, but they mm-hmm. will, but they will be. And then sometimes some of them don't like some of them hang, but there's always enough people who have kind of been through the process who want to stay behind and help the next people through the process, which breeds a group of people who want to stay behind. Like it's not mm-hmm. the same 15 people. It's um, and because of that, I think the knowledge grows in a way that it wouldn't if it was just me there answering the questions over and over again, because mm-hmm. I only have my answers, but the people who listen to the podcast have my answers blended with their experience Um and then the answers that they came up with, mm-hmm. you know, so it's, it just keeps 
it, it just keeps expanding. Like if you think of yeah. the, if you think of my knowledge as like the little, like, oh God, here, I'm going to get my science wrong, but a little electron <laughs> in the middle, right? And yeah. then they keep doubling and doubling in the, and the sphere right. gets bigger and bigger and bigger. Like I, I struck the match, but everybody else is keeping the fire burning. And, right. um, and I think that's why it gets, I, listen, I read some of those things sometimes. I'm like, that's a good idea. <laughs> you, you know? Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, yeah. But to your point earlier, like you mentioned crush it and catch it. And most people, I mean, might understand that if they're listening. But if, you, if it didn't make any sense to you, it became obvious to me at some point that my daughter's blood sugar was going to get high. And yeah. I wasn't going to be okay staring at it for six hours, waiting for it to drift down gracefully. So right. I taught myself how to crush the blood sugar and stop mm -hmm. it before it became a low and kind of come in for a smooth landing. Right. Now, no And it always seems to smooth out when you correct a low instead of waiting for that high to come down. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> it's, it's, I don't understand the science behind that at all. Um, but yeah, like over breakfast is awful for Evelyn over bolusing breakfast and then getting her to school. The sitting is what's awful. Um, getting her to school. And then if she needs it, giving her that 10 gram of applesauce mm -hmm. um, always gives her a smoother line than just bolusing it all up front and letting her eat the applesauce before we go to school. Yeah. And I, and I think that because the podcast is a continuing conversation, it's obvious that I'm not saying that every day your blood sugar is going to go up to 250 or 300 and you're going to give yourself a massive amount of insulin and then stop it before it becomes low. I'm not saying you're going to live like that. Mm -hmm. I'm saying mm -hmm. that if that should happen, here's how I handle it. Maybe you would think about that too and see. And what most people would say is, well, I, well, I would never say out loud for people to give themselves more insulin than their doctor. So, but I'm like, okay, I mean- you either understand that diabetes doesn't follow those rules or you don't. And if you don't understand right. that, maybe you sit back a little bit, just listen for a while, just watch people on the Facebook group until it starts to make more sense to you. Or maybe it's not for you and you leave. And you know what? That's fine too. I'm not trying to make anybody do anything. I'm just making the information available. And what you do with it after that is completely and utterly up to you. But Right. You're just sharing your experiences and what you do. And then people can do what they choose to do. Right. Um, beyond that. Right. And I think that that's, you know, there are some things that you do um, or yeah, there are some things that, that I'm just not comfortable doing because Evelyn's five. Sure. Um, that maybe I'll do when she's older. And I recognize that too. Like how old is Arden? She's uh, 17 right now. 17. Yeah. So 17, but she was too when early diagnosed, but technology was different, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Yeah. I, I just said uh, while recording with somebody yesterday, it's a weird, like, little like wish, but I kind of wish I could take care of a two-year-old for a little bit. I wonder how good I'd be at it now, like with a CGM and everything I know now. Like, I wonder if I'd be good at it or if I'd be on that Facebook page going, oh my God, this is just like I remembered. It's terrible. You, you know, like I, um, yeah. I don't know. I have no idea. What I do know yeah. is that because Arden was diagnosed so young and we've lived through all the seasons of it, no technology, the advent of technology, figuring out what I know now writing it out so that I could really understand it, moving on to podcasting to talk about it. Like I have a firm, I think I'd be hard pressed for you to ask me a question about diabetes that I wouldn't at least have a reasonable answer to. Yeah. Right. And yeah. I, and I mm -hmm. think that I'm not the only one that, that knows that stuff. I might just be the only one who's willing to say it out loud and knows how to make a podcast and is not completely boring to listen to. Yeah. Like I have a yeah, mix of skills. 
that agreed, lend itself agreed. to this specifically. Um, mm -hmm. Which, by the way, if and and thick skin, right? Like in thick skin, yeah. and I think that matters a lot too. If you're going to be in this space, to say like, well, sorry, you don't like me. Goodbye. Yeah. Well, oh, there are. Um, so I became. Here, here's where I learned this. It's funny it came up earlier. I wrote that book. It literally has nothing to do with diabetes. Although if you have diabetes or your kid has it and you read the book, people think the whole book's about diabetes because there's like a chapter about it. Um, mm -hmm. But anyway, um, I write the book. It gets its first five professional reviews. They're glowing. I'm on cloud nine. My um, publisher says to me, just be ready. Someone's not going to like it. Mm -hmm. And at that point, I was like, this is crazy. The first five people that reviewed it loved it. I love it. Everyone's going to love it. And then the next person really, really didn't like it. Mm -hmm. And I read the review and it felt like they were talking about me. And I had to learn how to think this guy doesn't hate me. He doesn't like what I wrote. He doesn't like mm -hmm. how I write. Who cares? Like, that's fine. And that's the first time I was like, if I'm going to be a public person like this, I have to understand that I'm not going to be for everybody because when you try to be for everybody, you're kind of nothing. And mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Like, at least I'll be myself yeah. and some people will like me and some people won't. And that'll have to be okay. The way that's translated to all this is that very lovely people send me notes sometimes. They're like, in this other Facebook group, they say that you're a insulin pusher. And I'm like, yeah, uh, just pretend they don't exist. And then they don't exist. It's the internet. It doesn't matter mm -hmm. what they say. Y you know what I mean? Like, right. um, I'm sitting in this room now recording with you. My wife could be in the next room right now on the phone with her friend going, yeah, I don't know. Like, what am I going to do? We've been married for so long. I can't leave the guy. I mean, he's an asshole, but what, you know, like, I mean, she might hate my guts, but I don't know. I don't know that. And, yeah. and if no one ever tells me, hmm, I won't know. And so it, it, while that may be different in a personal relationship, because it'd be weird if my wife hated me, yeah. if some random lady in some random Facebook group is talking mm -hmm. to eight people and telling them that you know, crush it and catch it's bad. Don't learn about it. Or you don't want to pre-bolus because your kid's too young or whatever they, whatever their set of beliefs are, that really has nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. So I just, I don't know. It, it seems meaningless. What, what's meaningful to me is that the other day, um, in, in a, in a Facebook group. So this is pretty common. Um, Facebook moderators, if you mention the podcast, will delete your your comment and on other, on other diabetes, on, on pages? other diabetes pages. It's very common. Uh, they won't let anybody talk about this podcast. I think That's that weird. it's, but it isn't if you think about it, because if you started a Facebook group, right. And it mm -hmm. had five, eight, 10, 15,000 people in it. And all of the sudden, every time somebody asked a question, the answer to the question was you should leave this Facebook group and go somewhere else for your answer. Well, that might mm -hmm. make you feel a little uncomfortable if you were the person running that Facebook group, because if you think of those people as numbers, then you've gone to this work of attracting in your numbers, and then somebody else is coming in and taking them away. And the difference between that and me is I don't think of you all as numbers. I just think of the Facebook group as a place that helps people. If someone asks a question and their answer is, I think you'll find out what you need to know in another Facebook group. I don't see that as you stealing a person from me. I see that as a person getting the help they want. So I don't feel like you're this, I don't feel like people are this commodity that I'm trying to hold on to. I feel like the 
podcast and the Facebook group are here for you to get whatever you need out of them. And if what you need is not the podcast or the Facebook group, then God bless. Like, you know what I mean? Like go on and do your thing. Like I want you to be happy and healthy and I don't want diabetes to be a burden to you as, you know, as much as it can be. So I think that, so then people delete the, you know, or they'll, they'll suspend you or tell you, you can't mention that podcast or something. And if you found those people, you would get any number of, you would get any number of explanations ranging from, well, I can't let you go somewhere where I don't know what it is. Um, nobody's going to tell you the truth and say, I don't want to lose my membership. Um, I've, I've seen people lie about me. Like there is a woman who wants that people said, Hey, what helps you with diabetes? And this person came in and said, the juice box podcast does. They deleted her yeah. statement. She, she messaged the moderator of this group and said, Hey, I don't understand. Like you asked what helps. This is what helps me. Why would you delete that? And then the moderator who I've never met before in my entire life, I couldn't pick their face out of a lineup. I'd never seen their name before wrote a, long, complex, scathing description of me and claim to know me personally and know that I was a bad person and that I take money from people. If you go to his Facebook page, he'll just DM you and then get money from you. I've never done that in my entire life. This person mm -hmm. made up what I believe uh, the Jewish people would call a bubemeister about me, uh, mm -hmm. a, a pretend story, just to try to keep this one person in their Facebook group and make them not like me. It goes on That's constantly and I don't care. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not true. I know who I am and I'm okay with that. So yeah. recently when a pretty big Facebook group put up a statement saying, look, we love the juice box podcast, but you can't, you can't tell people to go there anymore. We will delete your comments. If you do that, um, that person said it was because, Newly diagnosed people will get overwhelmed with complex information and the podcast is confusing and it's long and which none of this to me seems true. Um, so I didn't say anything. Uh, a, a person sent it to me to say, hey, did you know this was going on? I said, I did not know this was going on, but thank you. Um, I don't care. Uh, it's meaningless to me. Um, but I did go onto my Facebook group and said, hey, if you are newly diagnosed, and either the parent of a child with type one or an adult, and this podcast or Facebook group has been valuable to you. Could you tell me how? And mm -hmm. that, if you go read the responses in that thread and how the podcast or the Facebook group has helped people and how it's elevated their understanding and alleviated their stress, that's what I care about. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, I think that I understand where that comment comes from because I definitely feel that. And it's one reason why um, I haven't listened to the podcast very much. I've kind of dipped my toes in episodes here or there um, is, is I do find it is overwhelming, particularly for when you have a four-year-old, a five-year-old and you're dealing with diabetes during a pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, and I think it's overwhelming in a couple, a couple reasons, but one, like, where do I start and how can I know that I'm maximizing my time and getting the answer that I want when I'm listening to this 40 minute episode. Sure. And sometimes I, I don't, right. Um, thinking about one episode I listened to about fat, fat and protein and bolusing for fat and protein and how you need to do that. And I agree, but then it didn't say, when do you, do you 
bolus 90 minutes later? Do you bolus two and a half hours later? How do you know how much to bolus for the fat or protein? How do you find that information? What, what meals are you talking about specifically that work for you to then bolus fat and protein? Like specific examples was what I was looking for. And I didn't get that. Right. Um, so trying to like optimize my time, trying to navigate how many episodes you have. And, and I know that there's that on the Facebook page, there's pictures that have specific lists of episodes and topics. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you're scrolling through the app, looking for the one you're looking for, like the format that they're laid out is not ideal. Yeah. Um, that's not, it's a, an that's Apple not podcast. Under, yeah. That's not, and that's not it. That, yeah. yeah. That's not under your control. Um, and then, and then I do, I do agree, particularly if your child like mine is still honeymooning, uh, 18 months later, um, like for example, her nighttime basal rate was 0.05 for a week mm-hmm. cause she was going low every night two or three times. Um, and then I had to bump it up today to 0.2 because she just keeps doing this rise in the middle of the night Yeah. now, um, that like, if I were to follow the way that you take care of Arden and some of the things that you say on your podcast to a T or try to do that, it, it would just be total chaos. Right. Um, so there, there is a little bit of, of, you know, I'm still in say diabetes 102, right. I'm not in diabetes 101 anymore. Yep. Um, but maybe diabetes 102. And I really do find that your podcast is like diabetes 4.0, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or 401. Yeah. Um, and, and, when you're ready for that information, um, you know, I'm sure I will listen to your podcast um, through and also when I have time and yep. I'm not so tired yeah, no. and my kids are at school. But but I do agree with that comment, particularly being a parent of a young one diagnosed during a pandemic and um, have talked to a couple other friends about it as well. And they have some similar some similar thoughts on that um, of just. It, it, it is a lot yeah. and we have to pick and choose what we're ready for. And that can be difficult to navigate when you have so many episodes. hundred percent. Now here's what I would say in and everything you said is absolutely, I think, right. But then what's the answer? And yeah. yeah, right. And the answer isn't, I can't tell you exactly when to bolus for fat. I can't tell you, I, I can't know everybody's specific situation. So exactly. I think of it more as, um, it's like a sci-fi movie where in the first 15 minutes, the guy picks up the shiny thing off the ground and puts it in his pocket and it doesn't come in handy for two hours. Um, you, you know, like, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. would it be better if he walked past the shiny thing and left it there and nobody told him that this might be important one day? Or would it be better if we stuck it in his pocket so that three years from now he could go, oh, my God, I got this. I know what to do. Like, this is what these people right. were talking about. So there is no here. here to me is the is the crux of the issue. Mm-hmm. There is no perfect way to find every person and meet them where they are. No way. Right? No way. And because of that, all I I can do is just put everything in one place and if mm-hmm. it behooves you, you go find it. And if it doesn't, I understand completely. But pretending that this doesn't exist, I don't think is a viable option and that's what most people do. That's right, what most right. doctors do, that's what most online content providers do, they act like they treat you. I mean, you said it earlier, right? Like all the posts are the same over and over again. They're very baseline and simple. And so when that happens constantly as a, as an example in a Facebook group, or even if it was on a podcast, it would Mm -hmm. become completely invaluable in five seconds. 
What am I going to do? Right. Tune in every week to hear somebody talk about the same damn thing over and over right. again. And I might even sound angry about it. I'm not, but I've, I lived through that blogging thing for so long and I watched so many people just give this baseline information over and over again. They would never mm -hmm. tell you the rest. Mm -hmm. And I saw the harm it creates for people because when you know, the first 18 months of your diagnosis turn into the first 10 years of your diagnosis. And now, you know, little Evelyn's running around with, uh, you know, a nine A1C and you don't know mm -hmm. what to do about it. And you've all given up and it's a shit show. Um, you know, it's, yeah. it's too late then. So right. the best I can tell you is that I know what I knew then and I know what I know now. And if mm -hmm. you took me back then and gave me a choice, I'd be wanted, I would want to be told things that I might not understand over having things kept from me. Yeah. And that's yeah. just how I feel about it. Like, so then, then the bigger picture is, is when, when the podcast starts to scope out and it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, I think I told you at the beginning of the episode, right? How many downloads there were just today. I mean, I, I'm mm -hmm. not going to give you the real number because, you know, I'm modest a little bit um, and yeah. it's a big number. But we've been recording for 45 minutes, mm -hmm. and that number is 1,300 bigger than it was when I told you what it was the last time. Yeah, and, yeah, and I right. think that that's really, really great. Yeah. Um, and when I think about your you know, analogy to having that sharp, shiny dagger in your pocket and picking up, because you might need it later, um, you know, it really makes me think about hoarding. Unfortunately, you get to hoard, right? You get to be the one that has the storage unit that has all of the episodes that holds everything that then I can go and access when I need to. I don't need my house covered in things that I may potentially need. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I have my master's in experiential education and brain-based learning. And so just even knowing the way that the brain works and the brain learns that if you learn information that you're not ready to apply, you're not going to remember it. Right. Uh, so you're not actually going to learn it. You're just going to listen to it. And I think that that's, you know, you ask the question of why are you not listening to the podcast, but you're involved on the Facebook page. That's part of it too, right? Like if I listen to all the episodes and binge them all, if I'm not ready to learn that information, I'm not going to learn it. If I'm not ready to apply it, I'm not going to apply it. And then it's just wasted time. Hmm. Um, so that's the beauty of the Facebook page, uh, kind of being a different universe or running in parallel of the podcast yeah. is that, you know, you can seek and find what you're looking for. And when you're ready, you can dive back into, into the podcast. And right. that's just not, um, you know, for many reasons, her honeymooning, the pandemic, my kids home from school, um, you know, life just being overwhelming in general. That, that, you know, maybe newer di diagnosed parents or parents um, with T1 kids in the pandemic aren't listening as much as we would like to. Um, just life is overwhelming. You know, it's, it's so funny because the podcast has never been more popular than it has been during COVID. So, <laughs> um, but I take your point and I, I, yeah. I'm not dismissing it at all. I think, yeah. I think that what happens is, is that this is your experience, right? Absolutely. And I would bet, I, I'm willing to bet $50 right now, American dollars, um, between you and I, uh, that, that it might be a year from now or it might be two years from now, but I'm going to make an offer to you and I bet you'll take me up on it at some point. I'd like you to come back on the podcast after you've started to listen to it because I think yeah. I think you're going to. 
And, oh, I know I'm going to. Like, yeah. I will put money down on that bet too. Yeah. I just need my kids in school. Sure. No, no, no. <laughs> and but in the meantime, I, I guess you're, we're we're agreeing here. We're a little group of people agreeing with each other. But um, yeah. in the meantime, the Facebook page has provided enough for you to get by. Is that right? Oh. Yeah, no, if I'm if I'm struggling with something, I can go on there. Like, for example, um, you know, my daughter was rising a lot as soon as she got to school because she was sitting down. And I was like, I'm increasing her carb ratio. I'm increasing her basal. She's still going up and then having a slow rise. I don't understand. I don't get it. And then I went to the Facebook page and, and someone had mentioned something on some post somewhere um, about increasing their basal for like 90 minutes before they wake up, because it's just going to give them that little extra edge um, when you bolus them for breakfast and that fixed it. Mm -hmm. Right. Like doing, and I don't do it when she's not at school because she's running around, but knowing, Oh, she's going to school, increase that basal for 90 minutes before I wake her up. And she doesn't have that same slow rise all morning when she's sitting at her desk, you know, And, and that was the answer that I was looking for. And I don't know if I'd be able to find that, listening through the podcast um, or or how long it would take to find that answer (laughs) listening through the podcast. Well, I've tried, first of all, I think that that is a great example of something that seven out of 10 doctors would not tell you and probably wouldn't know to tell you to begin with. Um, So it's not information you're going to get there. And so when some of these other Facebook groups are like, you have to ask your doctor, I'm like, don't you understand? They asked their doctor and they're still in this situation. Now it's time to help them. And if you don't know how to help them, why don't you get out of the way and let somebody who does know how to help them help them instead of just being in, in, instead of having that greedy feeling of like, well, I can't help them, but at least they're a member of my group and my numbers are bigger. And like, you know what I mean? Like, who cares? Like what, yeah. what a Facebook group is? It's a Facebook group. It's not like you make money off of it. It's you know what I mean? It's not like they're right. even hoarding you to like make a living. Like it's a Facebook right. group. And that's the other thing, too, is that I've put everything I know into this and it's not behind a paywall. Like there mm-hmm. are plenty of people who paywall information like this that's not nearly as complete as this. And I think that part of the reason why there is such a depth of understanding within the Facebook group or a depth of information within the podcast is because to me, it is an open source project. Like, mm-hmm. like you it know, it, right? It's I, I don't have the, I don't know what it is, but I don't have it to charge you to listen to the podcast. Like what, mm-hmm. whatever it is, like the, I've said it before, there are companies who have come to me and said, you can monetize this. What if you just charged 99 cents for a download? How many downloads do you have? And like Tony, like any second now, the show's going to hit 5 million total downloads. That's amazing. Right? It's so cool. Mm-hmm. I think that in this year, in 2022, I believe it's going to add three and a half million more. So it is, it it can be difficult to step back and go, what if it was just 50 cents a download? Like people would pay 50 cents. Could I make $4 million? Like, you know what I mean? Like, and then I just think, what if that stops somebody? What if, what if, what if that stops Tony from listening to the podcast ever? I I lose what on you? Like if I charged you a dollar an episode, there's 600 episodes. Let's say I lose $600 Uh if you leave in this scenario, but what do you lose? Yeah. And I, I can't live with that. Like, right. like you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to think that I knew something that you needed to know. And for the love of $600, I was like, eh, screw you. You can't have mm-hmm. it. Like, I don't have that in me. I I, I just don't. 
So yeah. well, I'm glad you, know, you don't have that in you, and I think a lot of people are glad that you don't have that in you. I would imagine, yeah. but it's but it's when other people paywall their information, they also don't have any incentive to grow it. Like right, because I'm not trying to just create a thing that you won't be able to argue wasn't worth the money I charged you. I'm trying to create right. a thing that keeps growing. Like I mentioned earlier, I want it to keep expanding with knowledge and ideas because people are going to start using algorithms more, um, you know, more frequently. People are going to start using CGMs more frequently. There's no end mm-hmm. to how we can grow this knowledge. And right. maybe the best thing I can imagine is that when I'm 70 years old, that some kid's going to be born, get type 1 diabetes, and the entire course of their management life is going to be different because somebody who listens to this podcast is going to be an endocrinologist 20 years from now. You you know what I mean? Like, that to me is like, that's so cool. Like, that's, I mean, money's not worth that, you know? Um, And the other thing is, too, is like, I take ads. Like, I make money. It's not like I'm not over here like, like, I don't, I'm not wondering what I'm going to have for lunch when this is over. You, you know what I mean? Like, I'm okay. Um, mm-hmm. I also wonder if legally, because you're not charging, that gives you more freedom to voice things that people can disagree with. Yeah, I've never considered that, but yeah. maybe. Versus I, having people yeah. pay for knowledge and then that knowledge being um, them no. not using it. Correctly or something like that. Well, I mean, listen, that is part like I just got a note the other day. Can I hire you to help me with my kid? And I was like, no, but I mean, I'll try to help you if I can. You know what I mean? Like, like, I mean, if if I can, I can't. Um, But I'll I'll give you, you know, whatever comes into my head, whatever the best thing is I can think of. But I can't ask you for money. I'm not a doctor. You know, like that. All anyway. That all just seems like common sense to me, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and you and you need. I don't know, like at this point, maybe I'm so far ahead that people look at it and go, I can't catch him. And so maybe they're not going to try. But I think that this all only exists for very long term reasons, meaning you can't rush something like this into existence. Right. Like, you know, right. the defining diabetes episodes. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, Those are exclusively the ones I've listened to. And, and they're perfect for you, right? And, mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. why they exist. And they also exist because 15 years ago, I saw a pharma company try to make a like a dictionary of diabetes um, definitions. And they mm-hmm. put it up for a while and took it back down, probably because it didn't make them any money or get them traffic. So they thought, eh, it's not worth our time. But I always thought, that's a good idea. Like, if I ever had a place where I could compendium everything, I would definitely put definitions there. That's a great Mm -hmm. idea. And so I did it. But I actually have a place to put it. And because I'm not trying to make money off of it or because I'm not trying to drive traffic to my insulin pen or whatever it is, like whatever it is people were trying to do back then, Mm -hmm. I have the, um, the freedom to just keep putting the information in and hoping that you can find it. And, and then I don't know if you've noticed recently that uh, there's a lovely woman named Isabel who's been helping with the Facebook page and Mm -hmm. she's just helping people like, Hey, I think your question pertains to this episode or you should try these or that. And I think that's helping people get to where they need to be better because I do take your point. Yeah. It's a little bit of a free for all, but there's nothing I can do about that either. Right. You're like shifting through the number of posts that you get a day is. It's insane. It's insane. And so as one person trying to sift through all of that, that's a full-time job in itself, not even to mention, you know, 
your other full-time job, yeah. the podcast. Right. And so I, you know, at some point, it's not that something has to give, but it's, I'm recording the podcast three, four times a week. I'm editing it almost every day. You know, right. it's, I am, and you can say, well, hire people, but that's not easy. Like, you know, how much would you, how much would you have to hire a competent adult who understood how my brain works and how the Facebook page works and what my goals are to sit in there and moderate? Like, like seriously, you're a person. Right. How much would right. you charge to do that for a year? Like what would make it worth your while? It's a lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> you, you yeah. Know what I mean? It's not fun work. Yeah. <laughs> it's not fun work. It's time consuming. And I'm, I'm not to the point this podcast isn't to the point where I could say to you, Hey, Tony, uh, here's a reasonable salary with benefits and you're a Facebook moderator. Now those people really exist in the world. There are paid people mm -hmm. who do that. I can't afford to pay somebody that much money. So right. I count on people who are just love the podcast and want to help it. Mm -hmm. Now it's, again, it's sort of just the best I can do. Like, mm -hmm. um, and that's what I love about the diabetes community. I saw a quote the other day that said, um, the, like one of the few diseases or diagnoses where, um, your friends become strangers and strangers become friends. And it's, it's absolutely true. Um, when Evelyn was diagnosed, I posted it on, on my Instagram, which is private, only my friends and a high school friend of mine said, Hey, this other high school friend of ours, um, who you're not connected with has, um, a son named Bo who's eight and was diagnosed six months ago. Let me connect you to. And I came home from the hospital with Evelyn and I had four boxes of diabetes stuff that I didn't know I needed, um, that I absolutely needed that she said would help get me started. Um, and now we text almost daily just about, you know, yesterday it was what's your correction factor. And she didn't realize you could have different settings for correction factor at different times of the day. Um, or like, what's your carb ratio right now with Bo? Evelyn is doing X, Y, and Z. Or I'm not sleeping and I'm so tired and my husband's snoring next to me and it's driving me crazy. Um, you know, and it's it's just incredible the way that the community works. I One of the things that kills me is if my wife can't sleep, but I'm awake to do something for Arden, it makes me mad that we're both awake. <laughs> I'm like, I say to her, I'm like, if you're going to be up, why don't you just do it? <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> uh, while you were talking, I pulled something up. Um, there are on average a hundred posts a day on the Facebook group, a low day, oh a gosh. low day is like 70 or 80. A high day is about 110. Yeah. On and, any, and it's, it's no wonder that sometimes when I post questions, I get zero answers. Yeah, that's <laughs> why sometimes lost. I bumped up a question that I saw today that I saw today that I thought was a yeah. great question that was from two days ago. And I was like, Hey, somebody find this. <laughs> and you know, um, there are. Uh, almost 20,000 members of the of the podcast uh, Facebook group, the private one. That's the one we're talking mm -hmm. about. But mm -hmm. in the course of any day, between 12 and 14,000 of them are active. So they, wow. see, they see the Facebook page, which is- I mean, you might have to start doing different areas, like the Midwest or the South or the, you know- Break it up into groups. The Northeast, the break it up into groups just so that people can- well, continue the conversation if so many people are posting yeah. um, a I, day. I, I had this idea. There's There are platforms outside of Facebook that are like better suited for this, but they can't. Yeah, I saw, you, I saw you ask about that. Yeah. It won't work. Like nobody, it, the, uh, listen, I'll, I'll go back to when I was like 23 years old. I was, uh, I was doing um, graphic design in a credit union. So as part of the marketing department. 
and the guy I worked for was older and he, mm-hmm. uh, he, he comes in and he sits down and he's like, we got to do a giveaway to get people into the, into the, the, you know, the, the different locations. Yeah. And I was like, what are you going to give away? And he goes, it doesn't matter. You could put dog shit in a bag and just write free dog shit on it and people would show up. <laughs> and I was like, what's this now? You know? And he just was yeah. like free. He's like, nobody wants to pay for anything. And so yeah. it would, you know, I, I found out like if I, I could put this up, I'd have to pay a moderator and it would be better for people, but you'd probably have to pay five, $9 a month to be in it. And people mm-hmm. are like $5, no way. And I'm like, wow, that's super interesting. Maybe nobody would pay 50 cents for an episode of the podcast, you know, or, or far, yeah. for far fewer people would be, because I would say it was 50, right. 50, half the people that responded were like, I would do that. And half of them were like, no way. And so I'm like, okay, well, I can't exclude half of them. So we'll keep it on Facebook and do the best we can with it. Um, and, and it wasn't about the money. It was about paying for it and doing it right. I, I, I can't just write a check every year to make, make this thing happen. You, you, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. it just, I don't know. Like there's something about this. There's something about this whole process of helping people that is just, it's just very attractive to me. I, mm-hmm. I like that. I guess I like thinking of myself back then and how lost I was and how bad I was at it and where mm-hmm. Arden's A1C was and God, where her stability must have been and realizing that there are other people who could have, that could have ended up being their reality. And now it's not going to be, mm-hmm. like, I don't even care that it's because of me. I yeah. care. I care that it's not happening. Mm-hmm. You know, like I like thinking that like your little daughter that came in and was just like, mommy, my iPad don't work no more. You know, like, like, <laughs> like, you know, like one day she might be like in college and using some algorithm and meet a boy and have a nice life. And that maybe I had like a little something to do with why that's going that way. I think yeah. that's really cool, you know? So, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely you do. And, and I think just, you know, the Facebook page has been super helpful and, you know, all the other people I definitely have reached out to some individuals that, that for some reason gave me the time of day and I appreciate them so much for it. have given me just little golden nuggets that have really helped. Um, you know, I'm not going to share Evelyn's A1C. That's not something I'm into, but she is definitely in a really good place. Cool. Um, to a point where her endo is like, she's not going to have any complications. She's not even on looping yet. So she's doing amazing and you guys are doing amazing. And we feel really, really happy with that. Now it's just trying to make it easier and sleep. (laughs) Yeah. Good for you. Listen, that's, what's going to keep happening. You're going to keep learning things. You're going to, you're basically going to take problems in front of you, crumble them up and throw them behind you. And then the next thing's going to pop up and then you're going to reach in your belt and go, Oh, you know what? Scott talked about this. And then you're going to mm-hmm. crumble up the next thing and throw it away. And it's going to keep happening. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. It's not going to get to a place where you're just going to be like, I don't think about diabetes anymore, but right, the right. time you think about it won't be as frustrating or as long or as exhausting. And I right. think that's a big deal. Do you know yeah. where I'm recording this today? I believe today is the hundredth anniversary of the use of insulin. Really? It is January 11th. So I have an article that'll go up today. On this day, January 11th, 2022, insulin was first used to treat diabetes. On that day, 14-year-old Leonard Thompson was injected with a pancreatic extract prepared by Dr. Frederick Banting and medical student Charles Best. So that was 100 years ago today. 
That's amazing. Yeah. 101 years ago, I have a baby. It gets diabetes. She's not even alive anymore. Yep. And, and now we're talking about uh, glucose monitors, test strips that, you know, allow you to right. go back in and get it again. CGMs, algorithms, uh, a group of strangers being brought together by an electronic device to hear what one person experienced 15 years ago to see what they can derive from that and do for themselves. Like, this is yeah. insane. You, you know what I mean? A hundred years ago, you're all dead. My daughter's one of you. You, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And instead, mm-hmm. this is what we're doing. I mean, I know it's tough when people say, you know, wait till you see what's coming. Wait till you see what's coming. But, you know, Dexcom G7 is going to come out soon. And then, you know, I, I Omnipod 5 is on its way. Tandem's got their control IQ. I hear they're working on another version of that. Medtronic's going to take another swing and, you know, put their algorithm out again. And um, this stuff's just going to keep happening. You yeah, know? yeah. I, I will I will say that I've been hearing that since she was diagnosed. Like, just wait. The next technology is going to come out. It's just around the corner. And it hasn't come out. It's <laughs> and no- it's still around the corner. Yeah. And I feel like that's a false hope that a lot of T1s um, and T2s have been given their entire lives. And they were told that, oh, the cure is just around the corner. Um, it's it's going to happen. And being able to just understand how to use the tools that we have right now has been so much more helpful than this false hope. Oh, no, um, for sure. And, yeah. and giving a sense of being in control has been really, really helpful too. Like, you know what? I'm just going to change her, her basal rate here, her Excellent. carb ratio here, because or I'm going I'm to bolus 150% of these carbs because it's not wheat carbs, it's white carbs. Mm. Um, that That has been super, super helpful too. Yeah. Hearing you say that is absolutely like, I just, it's heartwarming to me. I think it's amazing that you think about it that way, this close to it. And I wasn't trying to say, hold on, they're going to cure it. And I know it yeah. doesn't feel like that in your, in the moment, like five years from now, three years from now, six months from now is a long ass time when you're trying to live with diabetes. But, the, exactly. but the, but the truth is, is that, you know, 40 years ago, people were peeing on test strips that really weren't giving them much value. And, you know, 25 right. years ago, there was insulin that didn't work very quickly. And, uh, Arden doesn't tolerate it very well, but there's two insulins now, Fiasp and Lumjev, maybe. Mm-hmm. And um, Arden can't use it because it kind of, it stings. It burns, I don't know if it burns, mm-hmm. it stings and it makes her feel bruised. It's unusable for her. It's something to do yeah. with the the compound um, that, they, that they use to make it work more quickly. But the truth is, for every person who it doesn't work for, it works for some people. Yeah, and we it, have options. And, and that's what's really... It's empowering is having options. Yeah, right. It's absolutely yeah. amazing. Like, and so it won't be right around the corner, but one day they will make an insulin that works faster that doesn't bother Arden's skin, and right. and then she won't have to think about pre-bolusing as much, or it might be right. easier to stop a high blood sugar or whatever. Like, where the algorithms will be able to use it more, um, you know, efficiently. It's just like it's not going to stop. You know, and and a hundred another hundred years from now, when some guy is talking to you on his brain cast, you, you know what I mean? Because you have, mm-hmm. you have a chip in your brain, and he just yeah. you know he he just talks, and you hear it if you want to. Um, 
you don't even have to hear it. You just like you'll just understand learn it. it. Yeah, you yeah, just yeah. understand it, and it doesn't take any time. Right, right. You walk up yeah. to a console and push the diabetes button, and five seconds later, you completely understand it. Um, right. You know, like who knows? Like I'm just saying, who knows? Also, we could all be dead from a tidal wave. I'm not saying that. I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> anything is anything is possible. Right, anything is right. possible. But yeah, in the moment, I just think this is the. I think this is the best delivery system that exists right now for mm-hmm. people who are trying to understand a big ranging problem that they didn't have any understanding of before. Mm-hmm. Like it just yeah. it's the best way to do it and you have to you have to be able to filter through the people who have ill intentions, who are just trying to make money, who are who maybe don't really know what they're talking about. There's a ton of people that want to be influencers but don't understand what they're saying even. Right. You know, right. like, see, if, if you're lucky enough to find somebody that you jive with that is saying things that is help, that are helping you, you won. It doesn't have to be me. Like, you know what I mean? You won. That, that's great. Yeah. You know, yeah. In yeah. the end, you're looking let, for stability. That's it. Let me, let me ask you, Scott, did you, after the news article came out about the individual who had stem cells, um, that s- stem cells injected into his body that then has, uh, given his body the ability to produce insulin and he's no longer insulin dependent. Mm-hmm. Did you get like hordes of phone calls or text messages or emails from non T1 saying, you know, this is so great and wonderful. Congratulations. Diabetes has been cured. <laughs> well, not that last time, but uh, it happened the first times when Arden was oh, yeah. more newly diagnosed. Um, mm-hmm. it, it happened to me so much that I talk about it. Like I, you'll see me pop in once in a while when there's a time of year that I call diabetes cure season, but it's, <laughs> it's, um, let me get a drink of water. Hold on. So the simple truth is that people are doing research, research costs money. And so they publish their findings, hoping to get more money for more research. Right. Okay. Like okay, imagine, yeah. imagine if you were a, a cashier at Walmart uh, and Walmart didn't pay you. You had to talk other people into believing in to how great your cashiering skills were, that they should give you some money to keep cashiering. Like, that's basically what's happening, right? Okay, and, okay. That and, makes sense. I never thought of it from that angle. But I got so, I got so many and was just like, yeah. had to explain to them that, that this didn't mean much for Evelyn. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> those people believe that you were on your way to like, like to Costco or where a lady was going to come out the side door and inject Evelyn and she didn't have diabetes anymore. Like, yeah, they, yeah right. No, I know. Well, so when it happened to me the first time I did it to myself, um, you know, it was the first time that I had read about a mouse with type one diabetes being cured. And yeah. I, I went to my wife and I was like, Oh my God, look at this. It's the greatest news ever. Like, I can't believe we're so lucky. Arden was just diagnosed right at the time they cured diabetes. And, and my, and my, and I was so earnest. Um, and my wife read that my wife has a, a medical a science background and she's like, yeah, Scott, she's like, this is just a mouse study. And she's like, this is almost meaningless to Arden. And I yeah. was like, oh, okay. She goes, I mean, good, good honor. He's like, maybe this will turn into something in 15 or 20 years. She's like, but this isn't like today. And then I realized that, you know, how the business works. And, right. and it's very right. important, by the way. Like, that's how it works. And so I, I don't, I'm not mad about it. I just try to step up so that the people who are newly diagnosed who think, oh my God, I just saw this thing, it's over. So that they understand that if there was a cure to type 1 diabetes, 
you wouldn't have to hear about it in one place. Right. It would be on every news channel. Everyone you know would be talking about it. Your doctor's office would be calling you. Like, like it would be like a deafening siren going off. You know, it's and and it's not to say it's not gonna happen or that somebody's not gonna figure it out or that encapsulation might not be a great thing or any number of the other things people are looking into. It's just to say that, you know, you know, I don't know if you've heard bird in the hand, but you know, when someone's putting the bird in your hand, that'll be the time for you to get very excited. Not yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you're hearing from your endocrinologist about it and not, you know, yeah. the online gazette, right. and, and then, then it has some meaning. Yeah. Right. yeah. But it's so hard telling those people that come up to you and are so excited for you that, like, Evelyn's going to be cured. Like, n- no. Yeah. But as hard as it is for you to no. say it back to them, <laughs> how, how, how badly did it make you feel? I don't, I don't know. I'm just getting to the point of like, I just don't want to have to explain it because Mm. I've explained it to the same people many times that I just, yeah, I just, you know, like, um, you know, for example, I woke up with Evelyn every hour. She had this stubborn high two nights ago. Um, and I think that her CGM was just wrong and I kept bolusing and bolusing the wrong number. So she wasn't coming down, but the alarm every hour is just like, Oh, that sound. Mm Um, and then, you know, her friend was quarantined from school. She knows Evelyn's quarantined from school. Do you want to have a play date? Play date means they come to my house because your kid has they diabetes. work full time uh, yeah, and yeah. my kid has diabetes. Right. Um, so they're going to be working and I'm going to be calling saying, give her something and they're going to be on a work call. Um, and I just didn't want to explain that like, no, I don't want any other people in my house today. I don't want any other kids in my house today. I'm exhausted mm. and grumpy. Um, and I, I have done that in the past, like, you know, Evelyn woke every hour and I'm really tired and I don't, and now I'm just like, nah, no thanks, not today. (laughs) You keep your kid over there. How's that sound? Um, yeah, Yeah. but it, you know, that it gets to that point. And so with, with the, you know, the, um, you know, as they're like congratulating me, it's this like, do I feel like spending energy explaining to them the reasons why this is not something that I'm excited about? Or do I just say, yeah, cool. Yeah, I did read that. Awesome. <laughs> or, or and then you, like talk or, about something else. Yeah, Or come off like the lady who's like, nah, that isn't going to happen. Because if you say, if you were to say to somebody, you know, you listen, that's not happening right now. I appreciate you telling me about it, but it's, it's not, a, that's not a now thing. You might come off as being like, oh, geez, what's wrong with her? Like, cause they don't know your side of it. You know what I mean? Oh, I hear you. Oh, I know, I know. And I did explain it to one person who I'm, I'm very close with and she's um, currently battling breast cancer. So, you know, that kind of happened when Evelyn was diagnosed. So it was kind of like, we both were in the thick of like some not ideal uh, pandemic diagnoses. Um, and so commiserating and just like medical, 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 medical. Right. Um, and I was like, well, you know, putting a grade school kid on immunosuppressants is probably not a good idea during a pandemic and it's not affordable. And they did it to one person and they didn't cure the autoimmune disease. They just replaced the, the, you know, I'm sorry, beta cells. So who's not to say when this person gets sick again, that their body's going to attack the new beta cells and then they're going to need treatment again. Again, blah, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Blah, blah. And you, you could just see her drifting off and then like traveling slowly, backing away slowly. Yeah, she's just sort of <laughs> to like, go back to get some food at the table or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, 
you try to explain it to people so they understand and you just can tell like, nope, it's going over their head. <laughs> I and that's okay. That's yeah. okay. But it's, it's picking and choosing. No, I understand. Yeah. And they're not going to know. And they're well-meaning. I mean, most, I'm, listen, I'm assuming they're well-meaning. Maybe there's somebody in there who's trying to be a superhero and get to you first with the great news. <laughs> you, you, you know what I mean? Like, I beat your endocrinologist. Yeah. Congratulations. Here's the cure. Exactly. Yeah. I came up with the cure. I found it on CNN Europe. <laughs> <laughs> it's trending all over Instagram. Did you see? There's a it's a very very reputable thing here called Bill's Medical News. Now I've uh, <laughs> Bill seems yeah. to be a nice man who lives with his mother, and uh, <laughs> he's 48. It's weird. Uh, no, nah, I know. Listen, they mean well, and that's of no real comfort to you when you've had to tell the 17th person. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, No, my kid still has diabetes. Thanks for reminding me again. I was up all night last night. This has been a lot of fun. I haven't had sex in six months. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Um, Listen, I will say, you know, just functionally, when you see a number on a CGM that's higher and it's not acting the way you expect, Mm -hmm. I'd pull, pull out a meter and give it a give it a look. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. But it's in it's interesting, like when you lack sleep. So much of the simple tools, you forget. You just like completely forget. Yeah, You're like, I'm sense. exhausted. And you keep reaching over the bed because I can bolus my daughter through the wall from my bed to her bed if I reach over my husband's body. <laughs> Sleeping, snoring, body. He doesn't wake from the high alarms. And um, it's just not coming down. It's just not coming down. Oh, God. It's probably the wrong number. And it, you know, it's just those simple things when you're sleep deprived, you just completely forget. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I hear you. It's really crazy. Um, that, listen, my wife only hears the low alarms. The other night, she's like, Arden's low. And I'm like, what? She goes, she's low. Four beeps, four beeps. And I'm like, four beeps. Let me look. So I look and Arden's blood sugar is like 90. And I'm like, what are you talking about? And then I look back, I scroll back two and a half hours prior, Arden's blood sugar dipped down to 55 for like literally like eight minutes and went back up again. I don't know if it was like a, a compression low or what it, I, yeah. I don't even know. Yeah. But I'm like, so the next morning she goes, was Arden all right last night? I was like, oh yeah, I forgot to tell you. Um, you're the worst lassie in the world. And she's like, and she goes, yeah. what? I'm like, you told me that, that Jimmy fell down the well six hours after he was down the well. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> and I was like, I'm like, you're like four beeps, four beeps. And I look and I'm like, uh, and so I explained the whole thing to her. She was, oh, I it's felt like it just happened. And I was like, yeah, it did. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so that's uh, so funny. Trust me. Yeah. I can, I can tell my husband like, Hey, I'll elbow him. Hey, it's your turn. Go in X, Y, and Z. He's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. And then he doesn't, he had, he did not wake up from the elbow. He just responded. Okay. In his sleep. And he doesn't remember any of it. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, God, um, but yeah, most of the time he's really good and really helpful. Right. But uh, you know, you get into those ebbs and flows where it balances from you know teeter totters from one person taking the brunt to the other person taking the brunt. I hear you. It's uh, currently it is my turn. It's your turn to take it. <laughs> well, yes, it is my turn. What you do is on on Saturday morning you explain to your husband, uh, "I'm not doing this tonight." Uh, so wow. I, at like five o'clock, I'm done. And then it's just you. Yeah. And then you go to bed early, watch a little movie, and then fall asleep, and just so sleep all night. The trouble, the trouble is my husband's career. He's a collegiate swim coach. Oh, okay. Weekends. So he has practice at five a.m. and he works on Saturday mornings, 
until like one o'clock and then sometimes works on Sundays too. Gotcha. So like the sleep thing's a real struggle because he's got to be better. He's got to up early. Yeah. He's got to get up and go to work early. Hmm. Um, so that, that's been tough, but they're in intercession right now. So they're between semesters. So he's able to manage the schedule a little differently, Interesting, which is really nice. Well, Tony, I enjoyed talking to you. I think because you don't listen to the podcast, like it was really great. You, you didn't like, you don't have a real feel for my cadence or where I go. And I found that refreshing. It was nice. <laughs> so. Yeah. I asked you specifically, like, what questions are you going to be asking me? Cause I, you know, I was honestly really afraid that you were just going to attack attack uh me and my experience and not listening to the podcast or asking questions that you've answered a million times is that how it like, came off oh i'm sorry <laughs> I, I wanted to hear no that is not how you that oh, is not okay. how you came up no i mean in the i'm just talking the to a strange oh no 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 oh, okay. no 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 i just who doesn't listen to my podcast and wants to talk to me on my podcast seems like oh uh oh am i in trouble did i do something wrong oh. um and you were like, I don't know. We're just going to have a conversation and I'll just ask questions that come up as we go. Um, so that was, that was really nice too. I'll have to reword that question the next time I ask it. What I really wanted to know was like, can you please explain to me what this Facebook group does and how it, and, and how it's valuable for you? Because yeah. I, I'm not baffled, but you, you try to imagine from my perspective, the Facebook group was just a thing people asked for like it wasn't some like machiavellian like here's what i'll do i'll make a podcast then i'll put a facebook group with it and like i didn't think of it that way and so i was just like i wonder what people get out of the facebook group when they don't know the podcast that would be interesting i should probably have said it more like that sorry yeah that's okay (laughs) no i had a nice time i think you did too yeah 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 no absolutely have you ever i just I hope people enjoy listening to our conversation (laughs) they absolutely will because you're delightful Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Did you um have you ever done anything like this in the past? Yeah, yeah. Um so I work uh in leadership development when I have time to work. Uh, and I work with athletes and um collegiate college um collegiate athletics. I do some corporate uh leadership development as well and so I've been on podcasts and hosted a podcast not that I'm as good as you are at hosting. Um but it's not something I'm unfamiliar with having mm-hmm. conversation recorded conversations with people. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Oh, Cause you're very, you're very natural at it. So I was like, she has to. Thank you. Done. Yeah, of course it was, it was, you were great. And I mean, I was terrific, but you were really good. And uh, <laughs> we didn't Thank joke you. around Thank much, you. Tony. Yo, you're welcome because you're very, you seem very serious, but not in a bad uh, way. <laughs> Are you not? I I'm, I'm okay. I'm not very serious. I'm pretty silly, but I know that you're super sarcastic and I don't speak sarcasm. So that may be part of it. You stayed out of that side of the pool. That was smart. Yeah. 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 So some, some, you know, I've got a really good friend who lives five doors down and comes over all the time and he's super sarcastic. And I have to remind him like, Paul, are you being serious or are you not being serious? Because I don't know how to take what you just said. And he was like, sarcasm. I'm like, okay, good. We're moving on. Do you not, Um, do you not hear it? Do you not hear sarcasm? I don't. Yeah. I I don't unless I know someone really well. I just I'm always worried that sarcasm is steeped in some form of truth and so that's my concern is like what truth is there in what you just said and should I be worried about that or should I overthink that or Well, um, while I can't speak for your neighbor, I can tell you <laughs> I can tell you this. The way my brain works, it doesn't it's not steeped in anything. 
I just okay, okay. I say the next most reasonable, most helpful, or most silly thing that I can think of. Yeah, like I don't. I'm not like oh, I'll say this now so that later Tony realizes that what I really meant was I don't have any of that in me. I just my, and by the way, as as luck would have it, my wife doesn't hear sarcasm very well. Oh no! Yeah, it's pretty interesting. I have to like. Yeah, I, I should basically hold a sign on a stick that said that was a joke and just hold it up. <laughs> Like um, Wiley Coyote, yeah, and and then Arden has <laughs> exact yes, Tony exactly, and um, <laughs> and and Arden has basically my personality in like a different body, so mm-hmm. like oh my, my she wife's must like, feel ganged up on. Oh, she's like they're coming at me from all sides. I was like we're just like having fun, like we love you, and she's like it doesn't feel like it. I'm like you are taking this way too seriously. So anyway, I will not tell you what happened yesterday. Um, oh no, because. My wife will like literally like she'll get a stick and beat me to death with it. But it was so funny and it emanated from my wife and we shared it amongst each other. And we all had such a lovely time and we weren't making fun of her. It was just fun. And later she's like, why did you guys do that? And I was like, do what? And she's like, it was embarrassing. I was like, it wasn't embarrassing. It was the greatest thing that happened in like the last three weeks. <laughs> and she does not see it that way. So, oh, no, I, I oh, no. 20 more years on the planet. She's going to get it. <laughs> yeah, I think you should just adopt the sign. Just make the sign, just be the wily up. coyote, and just like hold it up. <laughs> That's an excellent idea. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you noticed earlier um, when I said um, you just don't go in that part of the pool, but that was like a thing because your husband's a swim coat. Anyway, oh, I got it. Oh, I got you? it. Thank you. I, I got it. it. Really do. It was a dad. It was a dad joke. I'm happy to glance over this. I'm someone's dad. Uh, <laughs> so, and if I joked. On the real level of my, if I joked on this podcast, on the real level of my sense of humor, mm-hmm. most of you would be horrified by me. <laughs> so I can't do that. I have to yeah. only give you the top 3% of what I'm thinking on that. Which is which is sarcasm and dad jokes. Just plenty. It's plenty for this situation. It doesn't, I love it. doesn't need the whole thing. We'll stop it, the recording. It. I'll tell you a joke that'll curl your toes. Uh, oh, no. Anyway. Oh, no. Well, thank you very much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for uh, being kind, for creating a podcast that shares so much knowledge on diabetes uh, and creating that Facebook page because that seems to be at the moment the most accessible for me for my time. Yeah, and I well, appreciate the knowledge and the community for sure. It's very much my pleasure. I genuinely mean that. Um, okay, hold on one second for me. A huge thank you to one of today's sponsors, Gvoke Glucagon. Find out more about Gvoke Hypopen at gvokeglucagon.com forward slash juice box. You spell that G-V-O-K-E-G-L-U-C-A-G-O-N dot com forward slash juice box. And thanks so much to US Med. Get your diabetes supplies at U.S. Med, 888-721-1514, or by going to usmed.com forward slash juicebox. To find the private Facebook page that we spoke about today, go to Facebook and search for Juicebox Podcast, Type 1 Diabetes. If you're enjoying the show, please subscribe in the audio app that you're listening in right now. Thank you so much for listening. I'll be back very soon with another episode of the Juicebox Podcast.